You're listening to Jet Nation Radio, the official podcast of JetNation.com, the largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here are your hosts, Glenn Naughton and Alex Barallo. Good evening, Jets fans. I'm Glenn Naughton. This is Jet Nation Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in to this evening's episode. I will be flying solo as Alex, uh, our our good friend, as many of you know, through the COVID process, um, Alex has a day job which requires him to to be a big part of some mass shipping. And uh, given the, the weather conditions at the moment, some of the storms and snow hitting the U.S., uh, Alex is dealing with a bunch of trucks across the country trying to get them from point A to point B. He cannot be with us. Good luck, Alex. And Dylan Terriman, who also joins us uh, regularly, and especially when one of us cannot be present, Dylan is a bit under the weather. And uh, maybe it's from watching the game on Sunday. I don't know. That would make anyone sick. But uh, by all means, Dylan, hope you feel better. And so this will be this will be a short episode. We're not I'm not doing a full hour on this team tonight because because um, this team's pretty disgusting to be honest. Uh, I want to say right off the bat, uh, start things off by apologizing because listen when you when you're wrong you're wrong, um, and you got to be willing to admit it. Even though I'm sure uh, you know this isn't something that. Uh, that this particular person will be listening to, but God, for the past, you know, 20 or so years, I've been saying that uh, the worst coach ever to coach this football team in my lifetime was Rich Kotite. And I swore that we would never see a worse head coach, that there would never be a coach in my lifetime that would be comparable to Rich Kotite, who was an unmitigated disaster. 1 in 15 in 1996, Mr. Rich Kotite, who, you know, did have a far more talented team than Adam Gase had. But on a week-to-week basis, just in terms of pure coaching decisions, Adam Gase takes the cake. There has never been, you have never witnessed a worse football coach for the New York Jets than Adam Gase as the Jets fall to the Seattle Seahawks by a score of 40-3. to three. The Seattle Seahawks own the NFL's 31st ranked defense. 31st. The Jets own the NFL's 32nd ranked offense. Dead last. This was their first opportunity to play a team with a defense as bad as Seattle. The Jets were never going to win this game, but certainly they put up some points against the worst defense in the NFL, right? Or Sorry, the second worst defense in the NFL, right? Wrong. The Jets produced 185 yards of total offense. Their worst of the season. 
They saved their worst offensive performance of the season for the 31st-ranked defense in the NFL. Absolutely embarrassing in every imaginable way. They did nothing right. They picked up a few yards on the opening drive, kicked the field goal, hooray, and that was it. Outscored 40 to nothing from that point on. And don't tell me for one second that this Seattle Seahawks team couldn't have scored 60-plus points if they wanted to. They pulled the starting quarterback in the third quarter. In three quarters of football, Russell Wilson threw four touchdown passes. He could have thrown eight if Seattle hadn't taken their foot off the gas. On offense, Sam Darnold continues to look lost. And you know what's depressing? You know what I did today? Because some of us are just gluttons for punishment. I'm, I'm just as guilty as that as of, of that as some people from time to time. I went back to, to satisfy my curiosity and see if I really was nuts when I say that Sam Darnold now looks far worse than he did in his very first NFL game. So I went back and I watched the Jets versus the Lions and Sam Darnold's NFL debut when he threw the infamous pick six to start the game when Jeremy Bates called for a pass across his body from one end of the field to the other. And not not lengthways, folks. The width of the field. Uh, Sam Darnold threw a disgusting balloon. The width of the field that was picked off and run back. And from that point on, Sam Darnold, I watched rookie NFL debut Sam Darnold do things that he doesn't come close to doing today. I saw him hitting third and fourth options on pass plays. I saw him buying time with his feet and making accurate throws on the run across his body. I saw quick, decisive throws. Ball was snapped, receiver open, boom, ball came out. None of that is happening for Sam Darnold right now, to which some some uh, skeptics have said, "Well, that's because the league got they they you know as teams gather tape, they can adjust to a quarterback. Of course they can. Of course they can say this quarterback struggles when he's throwing to his left, or this quarterback has a hard time." throwing the ball intermediate to deep down, you know, to his right. This quarterback hesitates to throw the ball into the middle of the field. Of course, there are things you can adjust to as a defense and figure guys out. But this isn't what I'm talking about with Sam Darnold. There's nothing a defense can do that I'm aware of that can make a quarterback decide, you know what, I'm going to stop going through my progressions and I'm just going to throw everything into triple coverage and double coverage. I'm going to throw the ball to guys who are blanketed and I'm, going to, I'm not going to see guys who are wide open all over the field. 
it's not like, oh, he's got a blind spot, and when a guy's open deep down the right sideline, he just misses him. He doesn't go, he doesn't look in that area. I'm talking intermediate, deep, shallow, left, center, the whole damn field. We've seen Sam Darnold consistently not see guys all year. That wasn't happening with day one rookie Sam Darnold. He wasn't panicking. He wasn't locking onto one guy and throwing the ball his way, regardless of what the coverage was showing him. So this is what Adam Gase has managed to produce. And Adam Gase said it himself a couple of weeks ago. I was brought in to get this guy to the next level, and I didn't do it. It was a brief moment of accountability before Gase jumped in the, we have failed. When everyone fails, Gase is more than happy to let you know that we failed, we failed, we failed. He's the head guy. He's the offensive genius. He's the offensive guru. He's the quarterback whisperer. He's Peyton Manning's guy. He was brought in because that was his number one job. He has failed miserably. Just one week removed from a game that saw this team, this this atrocious football team, run for 206 yards on the ground with Ty Johnson and Josh Adams. Adam Gates goes back to Frank Gore. And listen, I know you can say, but Glenn, Frank Gore only had eight carries. Well, when you only score three points, you're only getting a few drives. Eight carries is eight too many for Frank Gore. And yeah, it's it's true. Ty Johnson struggled. He was nowhere near as effective as he was the previous week. I get that. Only averaged, what, two yards a carry? But, by the same token, he had Josh Adams, 27 yards on six carries. He's the younger guy. He's got the fresher legs. Coming off a strong week. Does Adam Gates have any time to, you know, does he have the thought to say, you know what, let's bench Frank this week. And let's, let's go with Josh Adams and Ty Johnson and either split carries evenly or go with the hot hand, which, of course, would have been Adams. No, no, not Adam Gase. He goes with uh, Frank Gore, eight carries, 23 yards. Adam Gase smitten with every carry, every touch. Adam Gase cannot be more impressed with Frank Gore. Told the media after the game. I uh, went with Frank Gore because he was a he he was a good matchup for this defense. Yes, three yards a carry, fantastic matchup, fantastic. Adam Gase's love affair with Frank Gore is absolutely nauseating. I'm almost a little disappointed in Frank Gore here, but Frank Gore just wants to play. You know, really the right thing for him to do would be to just go to Joe Douglas and say, "Look, man, put me on IR. We're not winning a damn thing." These guys ahead of me are, you know, they have something to prove. But, again, Frank, it's, I don't know. I'm torn on that. I'd love to see Frank Gore pull himself out, but I understand that's not, that's not how Frank Gore is built. Just that in a perfect world, we, you know, we wouldn't see Frank Gore suit up ever again for this team. Denzel Mims, unable to play. 
because he he had to leave for a family emergency earlier in the week. COVID restrictions prevented him from being eligible to play on Sunday. We know that Jamison Crowder was playing, you know, he was banged up all week, questionable up until kickoff. There were some people that thought he may not play. So he was playing, but clearly not 100%. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, um, some of us remember a few weeks back when Chris Herndon got involved in the passing game again and made two fantastic catches. Um, I don't think he's seen a target since then. But I thought, well, this is the day they get Chris Herndon involved again because Crowder is banged up and Mims is out. Uh one target for Chris Herndon. One target, one catch, nine yards. That's it. Done for the day. Jamison Crowder, two targets, seven yards. Jamison Crowder, folks, through the first, what, four or five games of the season, was averaging more yards per game than any slot receiver in the NFL. He was over 100 yards a game. Now, two catches, seven yards. Chris Herndon, one catch, nine yards. Paramount had a couple of big drops, only at 26 yards himself. It's embarrassing, folks. It's embarrassing. It's putrid. And I'll tell you what, man. Thank God Adam Gase did the right thing and fired Greg Williams. Because Greg Williams was clearly the problem. Greg Williams was the reason why the Jets were no good. As the Seahawks put up 40 and three quarter. Well, I'm sorry. They did kick a field goal in the fourth quarter. So uh, I apologize. Seattle didn't score 40 and three quarters. They only scored 37 and three quarters, which is, I mean, it really just, it, it couldn't have looked any easier for Seattle. We even got to see the great Geno Smith. Remember that guy? Gino comes in off the bench, goes four for five. Thank God didn't throw a touchdown. I mean, could this get any worse? I, I, I'm at the point, I've said a few times this season, that I don't even care anymore. The losses don't even sting anymore. Because I get it, tank for Trevor, blah, blah, blah. But uh, this game, I mean, 31st-ranked defense in the NFL, you, you kick a field goal on your first drive, and that's it for the rest of the day. Sam Donald goes 16 out of 34. No, sorry, 14 out of 26. 132 yards. Sacked three times. Just an overall embarrassing, embarrassing performance. You know, if you had to pick a highlight, a play, that goes to Marcus May. Marcus May had a fantastic interception along the left side, in the end zone, along the left side, where really, you look at Marcus May, and I've I've talked about it. can't remember if I brought this up on the show last week, but uh, people have said, oh, you know, Marcus May's been really good. They should bring him back. And I'm just thinking, who the hell, why would you assume he would want to come back? And I understand there's going to be a new quarterback, and I understand – there's going to be a new head coach. So there's going to be new everything, pretty much. But, man, you got to have a real bad taste in your mouth going into that facility every day 
just knowing how how putrid this situation is and and listen, I, I understand that the expectation, the hope this team gets to 0-16 and this team gets to draft Trevor Lawrence and that we expect a quarterback of his caliber to turn a franchise around in a hurry. But that may not be – I mean, if you're in that locker room and in this, in this huddle every Sunday, you may not feel that way. It may, you, may not, you may not think that this team is, is good enough, even with the additions they'll make, to, to turn things around. And, it, I mean, so, look, sometimes it's just whether a situation is good, bad, ugly, whatever, sometimes it is just time for a change. And could, would you be able to blame Marcus May if he said, you know what, it's, it's, it's time for me to change, change scenery, get out of here, get a fresh start somewhere? Uh, I wouldn't blame him one bit. I hope he stays. But I would not be surprised if he just said, you know what, I'm checking out. I'm leaving. I'm going somewhere else. And the same goes for Jordan Jenkins, who was placed on IR. And as many of you know, I've been a Jenkins guy over the years. I just, I I am, as I've said many times, I do tend to favor guys who are just, I, I, I just love the hard workers, the guys who bust their asses every day and who don't get enough credit for being as good as they are. This has been a down year for Jordan Jenkins, without a doubt. Uh, if you watch him the last three, four weeks, though, he has been a much better player, but still not good enough to command a, a long-term deal or a big contract. Who knows where he'll go? He could be another situation where he just feels like it's time to move on. I mean, I, we know he does. He said before the season he was tired of losing, and now he's about to go 0-16. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, Jordan Jenkins <laughs> – if the Jets were his only offer, I wouldn't be surprised if he just said, no, I'm good. I'll, I'll sit at home and, and wait for someone else to call. So it was ugly in that, in that respect, or sorry, the, the defense, the, the, the edge rushing has been ugly, even with Jordan Jenkins, even with him playing a little bit better of late. Terrell Basham invisible the other day. And a guy we've talked about a little bit, and I know we've, we've mentioned the, the low snap counts, which is, you know, completely understandable. But Jabari Zuniga, um, this is a guy, this is a guy this team was expecting to be a, a force off the edge. And let's be honest, he's been completely invisible. Um, and and that's, that's a little bit concerning because even with him having missed camp and all this stuff, you know, we've talked about it, missed training camp, no preseason, blah, blah, blah. That still that doesn't explain why the guy should be. I mean, to, to say he's been a non-factor would be would be pretty generous. I don't. I haven't seen a pressure. I haven't seen a hit. I've seen him get knocked around quite a bit. If I'm being honest, I've seen him get upended a couple times. Spends more time on the ground than you'd like to see. And and again, I'm not just saying in terms of what I'm seeing. You know, I, I I looked the other day. I think he's, according to uh, our friends at Pro Football Focus, they've got him down for one quarterback pressure in six games. Um, I think he had around 50 pass rush snaps. I think when we looked last week, he was at 45, something like that. So he's around 50. He's, he's at around 50 
50 plays where he's got after the quarterback and he's got one pressure. So that pick, again, it's very early, but still it's like, man, show us something, you know, do something to, to, to give us a little bit of hope here that, that he's going to be a player. But that doesn't appear to be the case early on. So you get blown out. You look at the schedule the rest of the way. You got the Rams this week. <laughs> You're going to fly out to play the Los Angeles Rams, fly out to the West Coast to play the number one defense in the NFL. I don't see, and I said this earlier, I was uh, joining a Rams podcast earlier. You'll, we'll, I'll tweet it out later if you want to tune in. I, I, I just kind of rambled. The guy's asking me questions. And I just rambled and rambled and rambled because this team is so bad right now. I don't, I don't even know what direction to go in when I'm talking about the, the way this team is playing right now. It really is just uh, – it, it was unbelievable. Or it is unbelievable to watch this and to talk about it. It's just it, – it's, it's funny at this point. Like, what is it, right? You, you laugh – if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. And that this team, this team just – Damn near brings you to tears, right? So you're going to fly out. You're going to play the Rams. I don't think the Jets, barring barring a turnover, barring a busted coverage on special teams, something like that, even a busted coverage on defense, like which you know which would still mean the offense executes. So to be fair, but I don't see how the Jets get into Rams territory in this game. I don't. If they keep playing their game. Now, if the Jets come out and say, look, we're terrible, we're 0-13, we'd like to get a win, and they just start heaving the ball down the field and, you know, toss a couple deep balls to Denzel Mims on some one-on-one coverage, and he makes a grab, yeah, fine. But if the Jets keep running the same trash they've been running all year, you know, inside running everything inside of 15, 20 yards, giving the Rams secondary – you know, a smaller window to work in because they don't have to worry about the deep ball and you keep running Frank Gore up the middle. I don't see the Jets getting onto the Rams side of the field. I think the Jets could legitimately, you can legitimately expect them to spend the day on their side of the 50, barring, again, a Rams turnover or, you know, maybe you see Braxton Berrios break a big punt return, something along those lines. But as far as just lining up on offense and, and, sustaining a drive that brings them from their, you know, from their own 15-yard line inside of territory, I don't see it happening. I just don't. I don't see how anybody – I mean, look, folks, they just got completely dominated. Completely dominated by the 31st-ranked defense in the NFL. Jamal Adams picked up what a sack or a half a sack to give him the, the record for DBs, blah, blah, blah. You know, good for him. Fine. You know, he's gone. You hope Joe Douglas does, does the right thing with those, with those extra picks. It really is just uh, every week it's something with this team. But listen, we knew this team had the potential to be bad. I said I thought their floor was five wins. I thought they could eke out five wins. I thought Fitzpatrick would start long enough for Miami that they could steal a win there. 
I thought they'd beat Buffalo, but you know, this, this too, I think, I think that I, I could be wrong, but I think I made, I think we did our projections before we knew CJ Mosley was sitting out. Not that that would have made a great difference. I mean, CJ Mosley wasn't getting this team to five wins, but um, anybody in week two who didn't know that the season was over, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, week two might be, it, it's been forgotten about because it's such a long season, such a long, miserable season. No one talks about week two anymore because it feels like it was 15 years ago. When the Jets took on the San Francisco 49ers, who were down their starting cornerbacks, who lost Bosa seven, eight, nine snaps into the game, who lost their quarterback. I mean, they literally lost five, six, seven starters by by late second quarter of that game, including... I mean, almost every premium position. Quarterback was gone. Both corners were gone. Edge rusher was gone. And now you might say, oh, well, you know, every now and then a team might lose a bunch of guys and eke out a win. You know, scrappy team finds a way to do the little things and, and, and get by. That didn't happen. The 49ers down almost every important starter on the roster stomp the Jets' faces in, 31-13, and it wasn't that close. 31-13, you know, a little bit of window dressing when the Jets score a touchdown with a minute 20 to go. That game was 31-6 until late, late, late in the fourth quarter. And they were down everyone. The Niners were down to backups across the board. I think Kittle, did Kittle even play in that game? I feel like he got hurt in week one. So they didn't have George Kittle. They didn't have their best receiver. They didn't have both corners. They didn't have their best defenders. They didn't have their quarterback. And Adam Gase led them to a 31-13 defeat that, again, was 31-6 until a garbage time touchdown. That was week two, folks. If you didn't know then that this season was over and this was going to be a, I think at the time I said they might win two or three games. But no, zero wins. The Rams are going to stomp the Jets' heads in this Sunday. The Browns will do the same the Sunday after that. Merry Christmas, December 27th. Cleveland will beat this team to a pulp. And then on January 3rd, the Jets will play the Patriots in a game that many people have said, the Patri- are the Patriots going to throw this game? Are the Patri- are they going to throw this game? And I, oh, Bill Belichick would never do that. Can you? And I saw someone say it the other day, and I've had the thought myself. Can you think of a time when Bill Belichick threw a football game? I can't. However, can you think of a time Bill Belichick was not going to the playoffs and was faced with the possibility of having really the fourth or the worst quarterback in the division, which is what would happen if the Jets were to get Trevor Lawrence. When was the last time 
Bill Belichick coached the team week 17, was not going to the playoffs, and was facing having the worst quarterback in the division staring that scenario right in the face. Never. So his, his actions in the past don't mean anything come week 17 because he will be in uncharted waters. This will be a scenario he has never faced before. So do I think Bill Belichick, do I think it's, it's beyond Bill Belichick to say, you know what, uh, this is a really important game for us to evaluate some of our players. So we're going to go ahead and start our third string, our third string guys and, uh, and see what they can do for us. And speaking of seeing what someone can do for you, I want to take a second to plug our sponsor, Miles Social. If you're a small business owner, big business owner, whatever size business owner, and you're looking for someone to help you run all of your business's social media platforms, check out our sponsor, Miles Social. That's M-I-L-E social.com, milesocial.com, for help managing any and all of your social media platforms, whether it's TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be, check out Miles Social at M-I-L-E social.com and find out what Miles Social can do for you. So this is it, folks. This is where we are right now. I mean, we've got... A couple of beatdowns coming up. Like I said, the Rams, again, if the Rams want to, they could they could probably put up, you know, another 40 points like Seattle did. And they're going to get some defensive touchdowns. They really are. Uh, Cleveland has been, I mean, that game, that, that game against Baltimore, I mean, Jesus. Cleveland right now is light years ahead of the Jets. So that'll be another win. And then it's going to come down to that game in New England. And I'll tell you what, if I'm Joe Douglas and if I'm Chris Johnson, I'm going to call Adam Gase the night before the game and say, look, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to out Belichick Belichick here and we want to get a look at James Morgan this week. And, and we want to get a look at uh, Jaleel Scott, who, you know, congrats to him at his first catch of the year uh, this week. Big target, six foot five. But I'm going to say Julio's got to be the guy this week. We want him at receiver. And I'll, I'll just throw guys out there. Don't let Belichick, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a case of two teams, two head coaches, or it could be a case of two head coaches trying not to win a football game. And I think the Jets have, uh, have the ability to lose to the Patriots, even if the Patriots are, are intentionally trying to lose that game, which will it happen? We'll see. Listen, Bill Belichick might have enough confidence. It'll say, look, I don't give a damn who they have in a couple of years. We're going to be better than them. And if I have an opportunity to send the New York Jets to a 42, nothing loss on their way to 0 and 7, 0 and 16, I'm happy to do it. Maybe he will. I don't know, but nobody knows because as I said, nobody can point to a time you know, show me a time where Bill Belichick was in this situation. This is new for him. It's new for everybody. But uh, what need what needs to be new for the Jets next season is their head coach. Hopefully a quarterback's coach this time around. And a new structure. Hopefully this is a Joe Douglas hire. And Joe Douglas has the opportunity to pick his own head coach. 
and move forward with this disastrous organization. Thank you very much for tuning in tonight, Jets fans. As I said, we were going to keep it short, short and sweet. Uh, just a, a terrible week all around and more misery just a few days away. But we are at 19 days, folks, by my count. I've been, I've been shooting out the tweets, counting down the days till Adam Gates is fired. I am going to the assumption that the Jets will fire Adam Gates the morning after, the, after they lose to the Patriots. Um, I may be wrong. They may, they may end the Jets fans' misery 16, 17, 18 hours earlier by firing him immediately after the game. We will see, but I'm just going with history here. You remember with Rex, they didn't announce it until the following morning. Um, but I, re- I hope, I, as I said before, I hope that game ends and Adam Gase isn't allowed into the locker room and they tell him there's an Uber waiting for him outside. Uh, can't get rid of this guy soon enough. And, and hopefully, hopefully, really, he, that guy never gets a job in the NFL again. I mean, honestly, um, he, he's done more bad for NFL players, for NFL teams he's worked for. Um, I can't remember a guy who, who threw as many of his players under the bus, who lied as much as he did, who does as much losing as he does, who makes as many excuses as he does. There really is no place for that guy in a professional organization whether it's the NFL or anything, anywhere where you're paid to be good at something, uh, that is not where I would want Adam Gase. So here's the hoping this is his last couple of weeks in the NFL, and, uh, and he moves on into obscurity after that. We will see, but that is it for me this week, and we'll be back next week hopefully with a full contingent with myself, Alex, and Dylan. Well, thank you so much for tuning in this week, Jets fans. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Jet Nation Radio. Glenn is at AceFan23, and Alex is at NYJetsLife24. Until next time, go Jets!